On Monday, drug maker Pfizer announced some promising news on the coronavirus. The company says early data shows its vaccine candidate is more than 90% effective in preventing the virus among trial volunteers. And the nation's top infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, tells CNN this is quote unquote extraordinarily good news. CNN senior medical- Other companies are rushing to make their own COVID vaccines, according to the CDC. Four different companies have begun large-scale, or phase three, clinical trials in the U.S. Big Pharma is gearing up for vaccine approval. But what about big tech? With the COVID vaccine now closer than ever, are social media platforms ready to handle the flurry of vaccine misinformation that feels inevitable? Recode's Rebecca Heilweil has been covering this story. Hey, Rebecca. Hey, So why exactly do the platforms need to prepare, per se, for this vaccine approval? I think there's, first of all, a lot of anxiety and confusion and fear about the possibility of an authorized COVID-19 vaccine just because of the speed. But in addition to that, you know, there's been an anti-vaxxer community online long before coronavirus. Plus, we've had these waves of conspiracy theories, you know, like related to Bill Gates and, and chip tracking, festering online for months, right? So that's all the foundation of this. Plus, you know, once we get a vaccine, it's not going to be so simple as, boom, the pandemic's over. There are possibly going to be multiple vaccines, regionally distinct distribution plans. Some people are going to get it before others. And it's going to be really confusing. And we have to remember that a lot of people are going to be getting their first bouts of information about a potential vaccine, which has not been approved yet from social media. So there's just the standard, you know, concerns about the speed of this, right? Which I sort of understand where people are coming from, right? I mean, obviously, this is uh, record-setting vaccine development. But then you throw on just the Wild West of the internet. Exactly. And, you know, we have to consider also the how the election cycle has factored into some people's concerns about this vaccine being politicized and the way that's affected the conversation. You know, I was talking to this firm called Vinesight that does some research on misinformation and Twitter, and they pointed out that you know, since this Pfizer announcement came out, there were a slew of high influence accounts, including Don Jr., pushing the idea that the timing of these results seemed really suspicious. And, you know, those uh, tweets got a lot of got a lot of play online. So this is right after, you know, right after the election, there's this announcement Monday morning, people suspect something political. Right. And, you know, it's not the first time that people have sort of made these kind of comments. We've had scenarios before in which, you know, there's a a pause in a trial and that goes viral and anti-vaxxers elevate it. And of course, a pause in a trial is evidence of the process working as it should. Right. But this stuff gets, you know, misconstrued and it gets elevated. And people who have those foundational doubts about a vaccine just because it is so new and this is a scary time that can really be taken advantage of. So we sort of know this is coming, right? There's not going to be some surprising amount of misinformation. We can expect it this November. I wonder how are kind of the platforms anticipating this vaccine misinformation and are they doing anything about the rules to change it? I know that they've struggled with other vaccine misinformation in the past. Yeah, I mean, some of their rules will probably have to change. A few of them right now prevent you saying that there's a vaccine, right? So the second there is a vaccine, it's going to be a lot more complicated to moderate those kind of claims. But in general, 
we should really expect that they're going to go about moderating this the same way they've gone about other kind of major events like the 2020 presidential election. So this means labeling incorrect information, trying to promote reputable sources in your feed, stuff like that? Yeah, and turning to places like the CDC and the World Health Organization, we should probably expect a lot of that. But obviously, each platform has its own nuances and handles things a little bit differently. One thing that Facebook did that was kind of interesting is that they've started promoting the flu vaccine, and they've just recently announced that they're no longer going to allow ads that like are against vaccination. They've now banned that, that you can still advertise. Huh. Ads. People can still post about it. Yeah, which is the classic story with Facebook where there's this division between ads and organic content, and a lot of people object to that. But it's going to be really complicated. You know, YouTube, perhaps to its credit, has basically banned any misinformation related to a COVID-19 vaccine. And, and the standard of misinformation is whether it goes against what authorities like the World Health Organization have to say about it. Um, and Twitter told me that, you know, it's still working on its policies and it has some existing policies related to this kind of health area, but it hasn't it hasn't come out with as much yet as maybe YouTube and Facebook. And sort of this anti-vax content, right, that is predates COVID, sort of often feels like it thrives on Facebook. What can social media companies just do about sort of the anti-vaxxers? Yeah, the problem is, is that, you know, there is this longstanding anti-vax community, for lack of a better term. And then there are going to be people who are not, you know, formal anti-vaxxers per se, but they're people who really are scared and are going to ask a lot of questions and it's going to create a lot of um, gray area. And I think that you know, public health experts told me that we should not shut people down and asking questions and it's important for them to ask questions. But at the same time, there's this huge fear of to what extent will anti-vax messaging impact that existing reluctance to take a COVID-19 vaccine. We already have seen that the people who are willing to take one has declined significantly and there's a fear that that could exacerbate that problem. On the other hand, you know, while there might be someone in your feed potentially criticizing a vaccine or being, you know, against vaccinations, there's the other element where there are a lot of people will probably be posting really good things about vaccines, will be urging you to take a vaccine, will be talking about their experience going to get a COVID-19 vaccination. You know, think of all the people who post about getting COVID tested, right? And how that proliferated. I think we should probably expect something like that as well. So it won't all just be negative, right? And you spoke with a number of people who study sort of the spread of vaccines on social media. Are there any proposals they have about things that Facebook, YouTube, Twitter could be doing right now to do a better job at stopping the spread of vaccine misinfo, you know, kind of even before it shows up. Yeah, I'm not sure what they can do right now until, you know, the FDA says something. But, you know, they said those companies should be thinking about now what kind of questions people will be asking and how they might be able to facilitate that those people who are asking those questions get access to the right public health information um, it's also important for them to lower expectations for distribution and efficacy in terms of a first vaccine and, you know, making sure that people probably know that a vaccine does not mean we automatically stop having to wear masks, right? This is going to be a very slow process. The pandemic won't end just like that. Another thing that came up in my reporting is someone mentioned a fear of any algorithm-based moderation ending up sweeping pro-vaccine content or sort of accurate information about vaccines. Huh. So that the computer might just say the word COVID and zap it or vaccine and zap it. Right. And it seems right now that's probably not the approach that these companies are going to take. But that was something it's something that people are, you know, worried about. And I, I understand why they'd be worried about that. 
But, you know, another thing that was mentioned to me is like, there's nothing, you know, in the same way that being on these platforms, you know, you got encouraged to vote. You received, you got these sort of vague messages of, you know, voting is important for the civic process. It's possible these companies might take a similar approach of, you know, making the argument for why vaccination is important for the public health. A more proactive, positive argument about what people should do. Yeah, I'm sure something very light, but like, you know, why do we get vaccinated? Answering that simple question it'll be really tough. You know, the first vaccine won't necessarily be the last and, you know, the science is still going to keep developing. So it's a very sensitive topic. And I think the importance here is that these companies, they have a lot of stakes in their hand and how they play this will be really important. Yeah, you just know in advance this is going to tie people in knots uh, somehow or another. Uh, Rebecca Heilweil is a reporter here at Recode. You can read more of her work at recode.net. Thanks. Thanks. 